What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? It is day three of, well, day three of Eagles training camp is in the books. And with me, as always, to discuss the day of action at the NovaCare Complex is Brandon Lee Gowton of Leading Green Nation. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. Let's just get right into it. How you doing, buddy? Jimmy, always a pleasure to be here with you day three of Eagles training camp like you mentioned a lot of stuff to get to today it was their longest practice so far about 90 minutes a lot of good notes I believe I have up on bleedinggreennation.com you and phillyvoice.com and we'll obviously get into stuff here but before we do righteous felon craft jerky Jimmy like I said on Friday's pod BGN 20 for 20 percent off meat snacks right now special sale they have going on so now is the time to capitalize also I should mention wild ranger pet now is where you want to go for your dog treats wild ranger pet that is now if you're going to that rebranded yes so you can check that out as well but enough of the plugs jimmy let's get into it where do you want to start let's start with jalen hurts as always um i'll go first (laughs) so clearly the defense won the day again today like they did on friday we're recording this on saturday of course um Two really bad throws, uh, in my opinion, from him today. One was where he leaked out to the left, where uh, I didn't think he needed to leave the pocket. He was well protected, leaked mm-hmm. out to the left. Uh, that enabled Hassan Reddick to come off of his block and chase him down on the perimeter. And Reddick pressured him. Hertz forced to pass in the heavy traffic, picked off by Andre Sachere. Uh Another ugly throw was, uh, again, uh, to the left side, uh, this was to Devontae Smith. I'm not sure who was in coverage. doesn't matter. But the throw was well short. Um, and it's noteworthy that both of these plays were to the left, which is where he didn't really want to throw much uh, during the 2021 season. Don't know if he's just not comfortable doing it. Uh, I think the plus side of it is that he is at least trying to go that way. Um, to balance this out, though, I thought he did make some nice plays, and he had a great throw today it was a bomb uh to Quez Watkins who should have made the play and didn't um as he was kind of running back <laughs> he was reminded that he's got to keep running even when he's tired and uh he was told that should have been a touchdown uh but that was an outstanding throw in my opinion by Jalen Hurts um so for me if we're going stock up stock down stock neutral uh, I gave him a stock neutral today. Mm, uh, I, I didn't disagree think he was, with that. I didn't think he was a stock down because I think there, like yesterday, was a clear example to me of stock down, and I thought he did enough good things today mm. um, to, you know, keep him from having a stock down. The other thing I'll note too is he forced an interception into traffic 
yesterday. Like he, like I said, he did today. And I'm actually okay with that during training camp because I think we saw during the regular season last year that he didn't do that. Like he was, he was careful with the football. I mean, how many interceptions did he have last year? Was it, was it, was it six? Like it was a very low number. I got to Google that now. I'm going to feel like a, I'm going to feel like a moron if it's a lot more than that. Um, nine. Nine. You're right. It was, he was 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, Oh, he, that's where I was confused. He had six touchdowns in 2020. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm okay with him. You know, just what the hell? Let it rip in in uh, you know training camp practice. Of course, if he's doing that in the regular season, that's a much bigger problem. Uh, but I thought there was he was up and down. Those two throws, though, uh, in my opinion, were alarming. I think there was more bad than good. Honestly, I don't think it was necessarily as bad as Friday, but. There are at least four passes today where they were just underthrown. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about arm strength. Does he have it? Is it an issue? Is it not? <laughs> I feel like it is sometimes. I feel like there absolutely is an issue there. You mentioned the play where, um, you know, got it to Devontae late or whatever, or it was thrown underneath where it should have been. And Bradbury almost picked that off. You were like, confused by that, too, if I recall. You were like, was that off his back foot? Yeah, I was just like, why was that so weak? Like he he didn't. I don't. I don't remember him being pressured. Like he had time to throw. I I don't understand. Like why that? It wasn't like that far down the field either. It was just like surprisingly weak throw from him. So that was bad. There's another one to Devonte Smith going down the sideline that I thought Devonte did a good job of running a double move, and the ball hung up in the air for too long and was short, and it gave the defense a chance to like break it up and and get in position to break it up instead of actually give Devonte a chance to like make a play on the ball. So. I think there were multiple plays where the ball was underthrown and that was concerning. Um, <laughs> I know it's like on brand for me to be like the, the anti hurts guy, but I, I genuinely thought like it was a stock down practice and I want to be fair in, in the sense that it's early in training camp. We saw this pattern from Hertz last year, but my thing with that is like, if Jalen Hertz has the exact same training camp that he did last year, that's not good enough. He needs to be, he needs to be taking like major, the Eagles need him sure. to take a significant jump. Yeah. So it's not good enough that he just repeats the same thing as last year. If he repeats the same thing as last year, then I'm kind of wondering like, okay, which is honestly my, see, my biggest fear with Jalen Hurts, Jimmy, isn't that he sucks. Like that's not what I'm going to argue. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a bad player. I think there is an actually a relatively high floor for him, but it's about the mm-hmm. ceiling. It's always about the ceiling. And I think there's a lower ceiling. And I think, my kind of feeling about him, whereas a lot of people point to him being young and, and things like that and thinking he has the ceiling, I am kind of more of the belief he kind of is what he is for the most part at this point. Not to say he can't get better along the margins, but if the Eagles need more than the margins. They need significant improvement, and I'm not seeing that so far. Doesn't mean we can't see it through the rest of camp, but so far I am not seeing that. And I also say, in fairness to him, it's not like any of the Eagles quarterbacks are looking great, so it's not like just him. Um, but he's the starting one and it's important. And I don't think, I think there was more bad than good today. I really do. All right. Well, we can vote on, we can figure that out because I think we said when we started our practice notes, uh, our, you know, daily pods, we would have to come to a consensus Mm -hmm. on stock up, stock down, stock neutral. So why don't we save that till the end? Um, what's your next point? Okay. Yeah. Um, my next point here is Miles Sanders was 
There's a lot of talk. <laughs> we, you and I debated here if that yeah. meant anything. And I thought that was interesting because I was like, okay, maybe I was making too much out of that. But then I saw coverage elsewhere that was writing about Sanders being the second team. And then I saw a stat from Elliot Short Parks who we had on the pod, you had on the pod earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And he noted that Sanders took exactly zero second team reps with the Eagles in training camp last year. So like, why? Okay. Like, why is he doing it now? Like, and then the Eagles can't just be like, well, this is what we normally do. Objectively. No, it is not what you normally do. It is not any he's kind of tracking. Uh, he's tracking things to that level or yeah. he, he knows what running backs yes. are with first and second team. Yes. It's actually pretty impressive. Sure. I'll, I'll give it up to Elliot on that one. But I mean, you can't say you do this and it's the first time you do it. Like that's not, it's just not true. So I think that was a little weird. I also don't necessarily love the energy and the idea that like Sanders is being disrespected that he gave off after practice. Like, dude, there's some reason to be frustrated when you didn't score any touchdowns last year. You haven't evolved as a passer since your rookie season. Like he had a, I will say he's looked very good in camp as a runner. He had a big run on the first play 11 on 11 today um, where he, where he, he broke off a long run. Uh, and then he kind of had, Marcus Epps like twisting around uh, at the last level of defense there. Um, so again, really talented runner. And he actually had a nice catch out of the backfield today too. So I'll give him that, but I don't love the energy here, I guess. Um, what do you make of all of this? Were you in on the Miles Sanders post-practice? No, I just conference? saw what Jeff McLean had tweeted out about how him just feeling disrespected. Yeah. Well, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that happened during that press. And I wasn't there either. I'm, I'm here in this second hand. Um, Miles was asked about military appreciation day mm. today, which, <laughs> which caused Rube to throw his hands up in exasperation, <laughs> you know, like how, you know, Les and Rube, I think are the, uh, are the goats of throwing up their hands in, in exasperation on what they think are <laughs> bad questions. And the interview actually got like interrupted by him and the person who asked the question debating on the merits of the question. <laughs> Only in Philly, baby. I haven't watched I haven't watched that interview yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh so apparently the interview was only like five minutes long, but they really packed a lot into that interview session <laughs> with the the argument over the military day question and Sanders getting a little chippy um mm. about <laughs> Not even not even being asked about getting second team reps, but people writing about it. Apparently he was like, who wrote the article? And he like kind of went like from reporter to reporter making eye contact with him. I, again, I wasn't there. So this is just this is what I'm getting the second hand. But kind of looked at each reporter like one after the next to kind of to see who was going to volunteer, like who wrote an article about him getting second team reps. And I don't know that anyone wrote any articles about it. No, I think people like noted it on Twitter right, or like in happened. their practice notes and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. Miles is miles is very, um, it doesn't take much to get his thoughts out of him. He doesn't, mm. You know, hide. I mean, during the off season, of course, he said he wanted to get the ball more when in his interview. Was that John Clark that he had the interview with? Yeah, the same one said, or no, different one than the All Stars comment. I think that was in the same interview, wasn't it? Okay. Where he wanted the ball more, and he said it was around that, the same time. If it wasn't the same interview, so he's you know he's apt to you know kind of speak his mind. I actually like that. That's what we look for in sure. players. We want them to talk and be themselves, and you know be open or whatever. Um, 
it is interesting that he did get mad at that. Did he get mad at that? Um, I didn't. Again, like we had this debate yesterday. I didn't think it was a big deal that uh, that he got second team reps. I guess maybe I'm swayed a little bit if uh, Elliot's uh, tracking of mm-hmm. you know whether he got second team reps at all last year. You know that that is certainly a difference uh, this year if if that is accurate. Um, so yeah, I mean it's, it's something to watch going forward. And Nick Sirianni wanted to put that fire out like as soon as yeah. He possibly well, that's could. like that's like what Eagles PR is there for. Like you know they're like going to him being <laughs> yeah. Like, Bob Lang even said, I knew, you know, he, or Nick Sirianni said about mm-hmm. Bob, Bob Lang is the head PR guy, in case you guys don't know. He said, you know, Bob told me this question was coming, <laughs> but he was, right. but he made, he wanted to put that fire out as quickly as he could. He said, Miles, what was the quote? Miles is our guy. Is that what he said? Yeah. Said that multiple times. Miles is our guy. <laughs> and look, I don't, like, I don't think anyone disagrees that Miles Sanders barring injury, will be the Eagles' leading rusher this year in terms of at least just carries and playing time and all that. Sure. But the question is, you know, kind of like we talk about like, what is Hertz's ceiling, the question is, like, what is Miles Sanders' ceiling when it comes to his playing time because of his deficiencies as a pass catcher, at least in the past? Like, you're not going to play all the snaps you might you would be otherwise if you're really good at that stuff and Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott are going to eat into your playing time to some extent. Yeah. And that doesn't mean he still can't be an uh, efficient player when he is touching the ball, but we know what what Miles Sanders hasn't been to this point in his career is really like a volume player. At least Mm -hmm. when you talk about like the top running backs in the NFL, like, you know, like a Derrick Henry, which is, you know, kind of an outlier himself, (laughs) but still like, you know, Johnson Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott. Again, these are top guys, but that they're, they're top guys for a reason, and they and they can handle volume. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, at this point in his career, we don't know that you can actually be like a volume bell cow runner who, and it's part of just how the Eagles, you know, have been philosophically in terms of they don't give one running back mm-hmm. 20 carries a game typically. But I think part of that isn't just style, and part of that is because Sanders hasn't like fully earned the trust to be always on the field because of some of his deficiencies and in he, the way he hasn't yeah. progressed. And he hasn't been durable, too. And yeah, and that too. So like it's so that part kind of bothers me when it's like like this idea that people are disrespecting him. I don't think people are disrespecting him. Like there, there's some fair criticism to be had there. Anyway, right. next point. <laughs> uh, I thought AJ Brown had his uh, best day of camp so far. He made a lot of nice hands catches near the sideline. Mm-hmm. One in particular, he was falling to the ground. Uh, made the catch while falling to the ground, keeping his feet in bounds. Nice play. Uh, another play is, I think it was, you know, not deep down the right sideline, but, you know, sort of intermediate to deep area of the field. Uh, wrestled a pass away from uh, Darius Slay for a completion. So, you know, uh, I think he's a guy that is going to, you know, sort of bail Jalen Hurts out at times this year because of his physicality and his contested catchability and his ability to bully uh, mm-hmm. you know, opposing cornerbacks. Um, it's going to be a nice fit for, for Jalen Hurts, I think. The question is going to be, can Jalen Hurts effectively use him over the middle of the field? Um, we've mm-hmm. talked at length about that before, but uh, this was uh, A.J. Brown's best day of camp so far. No drops or anything like that. Caught the ball really well and made plays that uh, you know other receivers on the team you know wouldn't. I agree with that. I really liked his physicality that you mentioned, especially on that one Slay rep where he like stiff armed or shoved Slay to the ground. <laughs> he just like bullied him. Like it's yeah. just like a grown man playing wide receiver and Slay, a very good corner, but not necessarily, I guess, known for being, you know, a physical guy <laughs> right. himself. Um, but still really impressive play. And I would say that AJ Brown got the best of him. 
Not necessarily the same case for James Bradbury. I think Bradbury had a good practice today. Mm-hmm. Uh, broke up a underthrown pass. Another one. Yeah, uh, deep to, down the left side. Left, left side again. Theme. Yeah, and he was trailing, but still he was in decent position to be able to just he put a hand up. He didn't mm-hmm. look back at the ball, and he broke it up. He was in good position, and, and A.J. Brown had respect for that, too. After the play, uh, he shook hands with Bradbury. He was like, you know, that was a good rep by you. Um, so, I like what I've seen from Bradbury so far. Yes, very encouraging. Um, I think he had one bad rep on the first day where I think Denard Wilson got after him for being, like he said, bad eyes mm, on a, yep, on a crossing route to Goddard. Yep. Yeah, but like outside of that, I think he's been pretty good. And um, specifically with how he's matched up against uh, A.J. Brown, a more physical wide receiver, I guess that's kind of like what you want to see and maybe something to keep in mind. If the Eagles are going to face like one of those more physical guys, they might want Bradbury on him where they want Slay on the other guy. Yep. What's your next point? Well, it was kind of Bradbury. I kind of looped it into oh, okay. that. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, kind of tied. I transitioned there in there from. Uh, I, I agree with you, Brown, looking good. I mean, I, I will add in here. I thought Devonte also probably had his best day. It's kind of been quiet for him, at least in team drills thus yeah. far. Um, but had a really nice catch along the sideline. He was being tightly covered, and again, hands extended away from his body, going towards the sideline. And that's like a tough play, but he makes those things look easy because he's just a good football player who can do that kind of thing. And you're not shocked when you end up seeing it's number six making that play because he's pretty talented. Um, I still don't think he's necessarily maximized in this offense, and especially with Brown getting probably a lot more force fed here, at least early on. Um, I think he is kind of being underrated in terms of the team's own use and everything of him. But uh, regardless of that, I still think a very good player. On the uh, on the Bradbury topic, uh, you and I sat in on uh, Denard Wilson's uh, press yes. conference after practice today. Yeah, what Wilson, do you think of him? I, I like him. I I, I thought Same. he uh, he was impressive today in, in his yeah. in his press conference. Uh, but he spoke after practice today and was asked about James Bradbury. Um, you know, praised him up and down for his intelligence. And we've gotten to speak with Bradbury, I believe, twice. Once after he signed, and then yesterday i believe mm-hmm. um all these days are kind of running together already and he's very thoughtful I, I like the way he takes in questions actually gives them some thought before he answers and he gives you good answers so uh i, I think he I, I agree with the uh, notion that that he's a smart guy um bradbury was asked yesterday if uh the eagles had shown any interest in him uh when he was a free agent which was the same year that uh, Byron Jones was a free agent the same year the Eagles traded for Darius mm-hmm. Slay. The Eagles were in on Byron Jones um, heavy. Uh, it's my understanding that offseason the Dolphins wildly overpaid him, so the Eagles weren't going to match what they, what, what they gave him. Um, but Bradbury was asked if he got attention from the Eagles that offseason. He was basically like, nope, <laughs> none. Uh, and it was funny that, uh, that, you know, that he, it was a different scheme, I guess, under Schwartz than, than it was, uh, than mm-hmm. it is now. Um, but the, uh, the thing that Denard Wilson said today was he was at the time, um, was he the defensive coordinator for the jets or no. just the defensive, defensive pa- it was the same title he has now, I think with the yeah. jets. Okay. So he wanted Bradbury badly that off season, uh, as mm-hmm. a free agent, but he wound up signing with the giants, of course. Uh, but yeah, so, so far so good on, on James Bradbury. I, I, my feeling go- heading into camp was that he would be an upgrade uh, over Steven Nelson. And I think so far he has shown that. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Um, looking at what else I have here. Uh, if I want to stay on defensive backs real quick, I think we could say that 
least I, I think there's been a different standout each day from the like the mm-hmm. bottom group of the guys. Day one, I would say Kerry Vincent Jr. made some nice plays in the red zone. Day two, my guy Mac McCain yep. obviously got the MVP points. Uh, Jimmy Moreland stood out today. Yeah, um, okay. had a pass breakup at one point uh, on the middle, over the middle, on a throw over the middle, I believe. Um, and then had another play where he almost picked off Carson Strong. Uh, ball hit him in the hands, bounced off and into the hands of a, a tight end or a receiver. I didn't see who it was, so kind of just unfortunate. But uh, he was he was around the ball, he was active, so uh, so good for him. And uh, another thing I want to talk about, bigger topic, is that uh, I guess I've, maybe I've mentioned this. I can't remember. As you said, the days kind of blur together. I forget what I'm talking about. I think it's been a pretty quiet off season for number seventeen, Nicobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Like that's fair. And you weren't there for OTAs, but I don't remember a lot happening there. And in three training camp practices, I've definitely seen way more out of TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, and Davion Taylor, who mm-hmm. I thought was active again today and made some good plays. So not to say like he's definitely going to be linebacker four by any means, but I just I haven't seen anything. I have not seen, and maybe that's not the worst thing because it's not like I'm seeing him getting roasted right. in coverage, but I'm not seeing any any kind of flashes. Yeah, and he's learning the playbook. Um it's he's at a disadvantage compared to these other guys who have spent some time in the league. Um, TJ Edwards has been awesome, by the way. Yeah, he's been everywhere. He's yep. around the football constantly. And he you tweeted really today. Nice... What's <laughs> like that? He's starting. You tweeted today. Like <laughs> yeah. he's starting. He yeah. is. I mean, there's. I don't think there's any question about. It. He had a nice uh, leaping pass breakup today. Mm-hmm. I think he's their like. I think he's their best linebacker right now. I think he's better than Kaiser White. He certainly knows the defense better than Kaiser White at this point. Uh, certainly he's going to know the defense better than a Kobe Dean. I think he's going to be your starter week one. And I think he's going to hold that job through the entirety of the season. I, he's just a really good, I think underrated player, just toughness, instincts, uh, intelligence. He's got all that doesn't have the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ideal athletic ability, but I think he actually kind of has a similar profile as Nicobe Dean, but he's bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like uh, he, he was an undrafted player, of course, because we got to see him work out of the combine and he didn't impress at all there. And that's why he didn't get drafted. Um, but he's turned into a really nice player for the Eagles. And I think he's primed to, anyway, he, I mean, he was like, I think he was like top 10 in tackles in the NFL last year, even though he was like playing fewer than 50% of the snaps for like the first eight games. Mm-hmm. And I think he's primed to, you know, take his game to the next level this year. I think there's a good distinction that you kind of made there. You said you didn't necessarily say he's their most talented linebacker. You said he's their best linebacker. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that because, yeah, I don't think he he doesn't have the athleticism, but I think you can't underrate the smarts and the know-how at linebacker specifically in getting the defense lined up and, and be, honestly, leadership qualities too. Mm-hmm. All of that together, I think, makes him a really smart and good player. And definitely, I think their their top linebacker option, just in terms of like you can trust him the most. You know, other guys are more athletic, but you know, they're not necessarily the leader or the uh, you know most fundamentally sound necessarily that he is. Like he, I just think that he's the most trustworthy linebacker they have. So I, I totally agree. Uh, he is their top guy. Uh, I'm looking at my notes elsewhere here. What else did I want to mention? Um, kick returners, not too interesting. Um, Shashir, I got one while you're scanning. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I haven't watched much of Andre oh, yeah. Dillard um, so far. And, I mean, I just, you know, I just, he wasn't a focal point of mine. But I hadn't also, but I also hadn't noticed him yet so far, which I think is a good thing. 
Um, so I realized that <laughs> during practice today. So he was like right in front of me um, from the sideline view um, it, during team drill. So I oh, watch a little Andre Dillard mm-hmm. <laughs> like almost bang immediately just smoked by mm-hmm. Josh Sweat. Don't uh, tell but, everyone, Jimmy. You got to keep his trade value up. <laughs> but then he recovered. Um, I, I thought he had a really nice, uh, a nice, you know, handful of reps thereafter. The next four or five reps were really good. Uh, one in particular looked like Derek Derek Barnett actually had a pretty good uh, bull rush, which Dillard stoned him. I mean, stood him up, and uh, Barnett didn't go anywhere. Um, Dillard it, to look at him, he looks fit. Like he. He was never out of shape, of course. He was, he's, he's known for his athleticism and his great feet or whatever. But I think his work in the weight room over this offseason is showing. I think mm. he looks like, you know, like hashtag you know, best shape of his life. <laughs> mm. um, so uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if he can, if he can, you know, continue to get better or whatever. If, if you know, other teams can be convinced that he's worth a day two pick. Uh, if, if, you know a team were forthcoming with such an offer. I think the Eagles would jump at the opportunity to take that. I think his practices in, you know, in Cleveland and in Miami are going to be big for, for that. Um, You know, I think nobody's going to listen to what the Eagles say about how he's playing, but certainly other teams are going to listen to the the Browns and people they know on the Browns and, and Dolphins, uh, whether he's playing well or not. Um, But I certainly he's had a better camp so far this year than he did Last year, last year, he was horrendous to start yeah. camp. I mean, it was clear as day that Jordan Mailata was going to be the starting. I mean, that was the big camp battle heading into 2021 training camp. It was Jordan Mailata versus Andre Dillard. And within like two practices, it was crystal clear that Mailata was going to be the starting left tackle. And, you know, Mailata looked good, but it was really the first couple practices was really just because Dillard looked so like incredibly bad and he looks you know he looks like a legitimate um you know playable left tackle uh so far through this camp and it was like jets training camp practices where sirianni yeah. still wouldn't admit that like <laughs> my lot of was like way out in front of dillard that was just yeah. funny wanted to bring up that up quickly um you brought up a pair of first round picks in andre dillard and you mentioned Derek barnett i'm gonna bring mm-hmm. up two first round picks and jordan davis who I thought did some nice things today. Um, he got praised on a play where there was a Kenny Gainwell carry, and I think he kind of helped uh, muck it up a little bit mm-hmm. and plugged the run there. And I think he also got some pressure on Jalen Hurts, I believe, on one rep that I saw. And, yeah, just hearing the coaching staff kind of praise him. I, I've, I heard multiple throughout practice, like, you know, good job, Jordan, or uh, things of that nature. You're rare for a rookie to get the, the right. boys. you know what I mean? I think yes. they're typically harder on those guys. I agree. Um but so that's encouraging. And also, and on the other side of things, the other side of the coin, if you will, uh, Jalen Rager, who Nick Sirianni admitted during his press conference that he is, quote, battling for a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw you give a take on this on Twitter. Um, and Rager, to his credit, did have a good rep today in one on one where he smoked Zach McPherson for a deep catch. But I will note, as I did last year, that. Jalen Rager one on one is a very much different player than Jalen Rager in yeah. like basically any team drill. For if 
if the NFL had like a one-on-one component to it, like like actual just one-on-one in the field, not like a one-on-one matchup, but like on the entire field, Rager would probably be a pretty good player in that. Um, but still, <laughs> in any kind of team drill setting, he is, I would say, invisible at best and Fair. harmful yep. uh, at worst. So uh, I we talked about it before, I think yesterday, not seeing him as a top 53 player. I did think it's a little interesting that uh Sirian admitted that he's like battling for a spot because this time last year he was very much like we believe in him a lot he's a starter uh so it's definitely a stark contrast if you cut him you're you're taking on a don't talk with your hand in front of your face today what are you doing you're on a podcast you're taking on an eight million dollar uh, dead money hit. I'm just looking at what. Okay, so and six of that would be the, so post June one. Uh, six of that would be right now. You need, and then uh, the, the remainder of it, it would hit in 2023. That's my that's the way I'm reading it on uh, overthecap.com here right now. Um, they're not going to take that. <laughs> He's they're not going to cut him. If you trade him, the cap hit is significantly less. Let me just take a quick look. What that is. Yeah, it's under two million this year if you trade him. So if you can trade him for like like a bust for bust kind of thing, um, you know maybe you get a different player in here. You give uh, Rager a chance to um, you know put everything behind him here and start anew with a new team. I think that makes sense. Uh, they're not going to kind of like I I had a debate with this with Elliot actually uh, on the sideline today. I just can't see them taking an $8 million dead money hit to cut a first round pick after his second season. That's just really, that would be a super rare thing for, for this team to do. Uh, I don't think Howie Roseman wants to, Howie Roseman has full control of the 53 man roster. So I just can't see it. I just can't see that happening. Like if Nick Sirianni had more control, he, you know, he wasn't here when Jalen Rager got drafted. He might not care that he was a first round pick, but I think Howie Roseman in the front office uh, certainly do care about that. I don't think I have anything new to say on Jalen Rager, <laughs> but I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. So I thought it was interesting, the honesty. Because uh, Sirianni, a lot of the times, I think will talk up people, like a Miles Sanders. You know, let's say by contrast, you know, like yeah. really defending Miles Sanders, did not really defend Jalen Rager um, as he, that's not a shock, but I'm just pointing out the difference in how he kind of talks about certain players in different spots. Um, okay. I, I thought okay. it was. I thought that quote was a challenge to to Rager, right? And but I thought it's possible. And somebody, very much been challenged before. Somebody also replied to when, like you said, I put on Twitter, like, uh, I you know, I'm not going to cut him for for an eight million dollar dead money hit. Somebody and I, I and I also said I thought that was a, a you know a pointed you know motivational tactic for Sirianni to say that publicly. Somebody also made the point, which I thought was a good one. That it also lets the players behind him mm-hmm. feel like they that uh, the you know a, a a roster spot at the wide receiver position sure. could be open if you outperform uh, Jalen Rager, and that may very may that very well may be true because maybe you trade Rager and you get him off. The, we already talked plenty about this mm-hmm. already, but you, like you said, like put him in part of a deal so it looks like you it's not a loss on the Eagles' part. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, it also is a message to the other receivers, you know, quote unquote, below him on on the depth on the depth chart that that spot could be open. Speaking of, I thought Britton Covey really quick, like very small, not like he had a great practice or anything on the whole, mm-hmm. but he had a couple moments. He had like a, a nice catch in one on ones. I think there was another rep too that I liked from him. So you know, he actually he also spoke after practice, which you and I were there for, and he 
kind of poked some fun at himself talking mm-hmm. about the challenges of being a smaller player and that some kids thought he was a kicker <laughs> and, he, and he is very <laughs> tiny standing next to him. Um, but you know, we'll kind of see what he can do in the return game. He was back with the kick returners in addition to John Hightower and my guy, Jason Huntley, who was up first as he should mm-hmm. be. And Zach Pascal, who was not practicing, but was hanging out with those dudes mm-hmm. and who else? Devin I... Oh, and Devin Allen as well. All right, Jimmy, why don't you tell me about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com? You should call her at 856-906-9295 if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Actually, on the way home from training camp today, I had to... She's not feeling well, so uh, she had to put a sign out in front of a new listing that she got in uh, Mount Mm. Laurel. (laughs) So I actually drove out to this house and I put her... Kristen Roach sign on these, <laughs> these people's front lawn, which felt weird because I didn't like go up to the door and like ring the doorbell <laughs> and say, Hey, I'm doing this. I just put something on their lawn and then drove away, <laughs> which felt weird. Uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, if you're looking to buy or sell your home, 856-906-9295. Brandon. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on BGN Radio which is powered by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com and getting a discount by using discount code BGN20. That's BGN20 for 20% off your order for a limited time before it goes down to 15 again. So go do that right now. Literally pause the pod, go do that, and then come back to the pod or wait till the pod is done and then do it. But don't forget about it. Uh, Jimmy, it's time to get to our daily awards that we have here. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you want to kick us off the Jalen Hurts stock report? So we kind of already talked about this. Yeah. Okay, but here's Basically, my thing. who's going to give way here <laughs> is well, the question. <laughs> do you agree that he was worse than he was on the first day when yes. we had him stock even? 
Yes. Well, okay. Then I think <laughs> but I, kind of... he, do you agree he was better than yesterday when he he was stocked down? I do, but I think it was not <laughs> much. I think the the delta there. I think there's a bigger delta from the first day to this day. Like I think he, he looked a little bit better than yesterday, as opposed to I think mean, he looked significantly worse than today than he did on day one. I think we can go stock down. That's fine. Um, I'll, I'll I'll concede here. The way that I would look at it is, if he had the day that he that he had today, uh, yesterday, I I probably would have said stock down. Okay, but he was better than he was yesterday, so maybe that's clouding my judgment of him. Um, but yeah, I think I think the points that you made earlier are, are, are right in that, like, you know, like just because he didn't play well at the beginning of camp last year doesn't necessarily give him a pass to <laughs> not play that well the, the bar has been this year yeah the, the bar, the bar is, is raised yeah yeah the bar is raised so you can't just do the same thing it's not good enough um and also i will clarify i will not be putting him as my lvp like i did yesterday sure, right so i think that's yeah. fair it's kind of we're splitting the difference there a little bit he made plays be... today that were good yes some some as but, as but you're, you're also you're also right that there was more bad than good because let me frame it this way, too. I was standing next to Elliot uh, on the sideline today, and he's been pretty positive, I would say, relative to maybe other people who are more skeptical of Hertz. Like, he's been pretty positive, I feel like. And even he today was like, he said, like, woof, a lot. Like, what were like, his stats today? Do you know? Uh, the I mean, I hate the stats, <laughs> but I am curious about them often. <laughs> the, the completion percentage was high. It was like 15 to 21. But, yeah. Like, well, some of those touchdowns. are like sacks, too. <laughs> yeah, and there were sacks in there. There was an interception. There was an interception that could have been had, like I mentioned, by Bradbury. Um, yeah. There was also that play. It was, it was a third and three situation, and Hertz kept the ball, and Hargrave just had him dead to rights head on for like a would-be tackle for loss or sack. Yeah, or right. I remember that. So yep. like, I thought that was kind of a negative play for him, too. It wasn't the best sure. decision. Uh, so, you know, it's it's more than just the passing stats, too. I think the vibe – Jimmy – it's all about vibes. I, I tell this to everyone I know, and I just don't think it was a good vibe today. Um, and either way, like any way you slice this, he has not yet had a stock up day. It's just, it's not, well, that's for sure. Yeah. Which is not great. Um, not the end of the world, but not great. So anyway, uh, we're, we're saying consensus stock down on Hertz for today. Uh, MVP. Who was your MVP? I'm going to go Andre Sachere. Wow. Who had a, an interception like he did on Friday. Um Actually got some kudos un, unsolicited from Nick Sirianni in Nick Sirianni's press conference today. Um, I think he said that the play that he made on Friday on his interception on a seam route, mm-hmm. I think he called it outstanding, if I recall correctly. Okay. Um, and then he also had a sack today on a blitz. So um, he is very clearly outplaying Kayvon Wallace and is playing his way uh, into a roster spot on this team, I, I believe. The way I wrote it in my notes today was that I feel like I've seen more from Andre Chassere in this camp alone than I have from Kayvon Wallace ever in an Eagles uniform. Honestly, like is that okay. really crazy to say? No, I don't like, think that's crazy. When has Kayvon like really ever done much at all, honestly? Yeah, I think that's um, fair. Not a ton. So I think it's very clear that their top four safeties are in some order Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris, Jaquiski Tart and Chasheray. I think those are the top four, and I would not waste any more time with Kayvon Wallace uh, on the roster, at least, if you want to keep him on the practice squad, whatever. But uh, I think Chasheray, 
as I mentioned too many times, is actually a positive special teams contributor. So mm-hmm. he has that bonus value going for him. And as you said, the versatility too, where he can play a little corner if, yes. you, if you're if you're really in a jam. Yeah. So uh, my MVP is a man with the initials BLG. It's Brandon Graham. Yeah, I didn't have him in my practice notes uh, accidentally. I, I meant to have him in there and then I forgot. But I he's, think- a good, he's a good pick. If he wasn't coming off an injury, I probably wouldn't be giving him this award sure. just because we know what to expect from him. But the fact that he's entering his age 34 season and he is coming off an Achilles injury, there are questions like, okay, is Brandon Graham still the same player? Can you count on him to be a starter, a good starter? Mm-hmm. And if practice is any indication, I think he's looked good in camp thus far. And today was a pretty standout day for him in terms of, I mean, he just smoked Jack Driscoll at one point to get mm-hmm. a sack. And on Minshew, and then he had another play where he blew up a run in the backfield in addition to being active otherwise. So I think Brandon Graham is looking healthy and good, and I think he deserves recognition for that. You know, a lot of 34-year-old veterans might not totally be busting it in practice the way he does, um, but that's what makes Brandon Graham part of what makes him a, a good and special player. Um, so I, I got to give it to one of my own, a BLG giving a BLG an MVP point. Yeah, BG... Uh... It's going to be remembered uh, long after his career as uh, you know a great Philadelphia Eagle after the um, the, the hate that he got, frankly, <laughs> early in his career. Good for him for uh, becoming the player that that he has become and the person that he is. Um, my LVP, Carson Strong. Did you see him today? <laughs> I did. More like Carson Week. Ooh, I mean, he had got him. He had six reps today i think were these his first reps that he got in in team drills i mean extensively at least yeah so he got three he got only got three in team drills and then three in seven on sevens and he had an interception he had two near interceptions he had a a pass that was like way out of bounds on a like on a guy was running down the sideline on a deep route he threw it just way out of bounds and then he had um he was off target on a slant route that's five of the six reps that he had. <laughs> so, and like the two of the near interceptions were just like, like it was, it was just weird looking like where I don't, it was hard to understand what he was even throwing at. It's a weird thing that happens with rookie quarterbacks uh, sometimes where they just come in and you'd think that like they were just horrendous college players. This guy completed 70% of his passes each of his last two years uh, at Nevada clearly has a strong arm. When you when you're throwing seventy percent, like I, I don't think uh, completion percentage is the end all be all, of course, of accuracy. But when you're up over seventy percent two straight years, if somebody said for that, like you're probably an accurate passer. He certainly has the arm strength. Today, man, it, it yeah. just we just didn't see it. And after practice, he spoke actually with the media, um, and he before anyone even asked about it, he basically volunteered on his own that he played poorly today. Yeah. Um, and Good again, accountability. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, his head's probably swimming because he's learning a playbook and he doesn't you know. He's never worked with these receivers before and you can make a lot of different excuses for him. And, and I think they're all valid, um, but he's the number four quarterback right now. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's very clearly uh, well behind, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew, but also, uh, Reed Sinet, who I think has looked at least competent 
as like a number three quarterback. Like there hasn't mm-hmm. there haven't been many throws that he's made where you're where you're like, like ew. ew. <laughs> and Carson Strong had like four of those today in six reps. Yeah. I same. I he's also my LVP. I think this is very clear. Just really struggled. Some ugly, ugly balls. Like the one where there was like a duck in the middle of the field where I didn't even see who he was targeting. Like mm-hmm. it was just to no one except defenders. Uh, and it didn't look like a miscommunication. It was like really ugly ball. Uh, he did have a good deep pass to Lance Lenore, I thought, who dropped it. So mm-hmm. that was tough. He does again. He for for his faults, he does seem to be able to you know be able to throw the ball down the yeah. field. Um, so that he has that. It's not like he's totally. Uh, there's no redeeming qualities to his game. But right now, I wrote in my notes that. Like, this isn't a guy who's pushing for a roster spot. This is like, you know, a practice squad quarterback yes. that needs much more seasoning and development and, and maybe comes back next year and is better or maybe not. But uh, right now, there's no way, <laughs> like, there's no way you are anywhere comfortable with him uh, touching a football in the regular season. The interception was so bad that the guy who picked it off didn't even celebrate it. Oh, that was um Christian Ellis. Christian Ellis, yeah. He, was, he just caught the interception. And <laughs> yeah, he, he threw it right to him. It was like a really weak pass, too. For, for a guy with a strong arm, it was short, and it was like really weak. And Christian Ellis isn't getting many opportunities to make plays in these in these passes. <laughs> but even he was kind of just like, you just gave the ball back to it the offense. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he didn't celebrate it at all. Uh, so, yeah, I don't mean to pile on the kid, but, uh, but yeah, a very, very bad day. He he admitted it. He knew it was a bad day. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's our double-upped, double-upped. Doubled up, doubled up. There's the word phrase. Doubled up LVP. That brings us to play of the day. I put AJ Brown out muscling Darius Slay for the catch and then you know, like shoving him to the ground. I thought yeah. uh, that was a big boy kind of play. And I think it speaks to Brown not being MVP candidate for today, but probably, you know, his having his best practice and flashing. Uh, so there you go. AJ yeah, Brown. Yeah, I, I have AJ Brown, but a different play, the one where okay. he where he extended uh like kind of falling out of bounds uh, and making the play while he was falling and keeping his feet in. Uh, that, that was my, and also there's a defender draped all over him too. The concentration that mm-hmm. he had to make that catch was, was, uh, was impressive. Okay. So two play of the day points for him. I do tally that as well in the final oh, okay. column. If you didn't remember, I don't, it's not like I write this, I write the specific thing in my notes and then I go back later. And if it's like a good throw and a good catch, I'll give like the quarterback half and then mm-hmm. the receiver half. Um, but right now it's like a double, two points for him there. So good job by AJ Brown. Uh, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Jake Elliott, six for six on field goals today too, by the nice. way. Um, final yeah. thoughts. It's like, you uh, don't even have to watch him this camp, right? <laughs> He's coming off a great year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Actually, uh, like you mentioned, he had the bad day to start camp last year and then he was perfect thereafter. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think we can, we can count on him to be reliable going forward. Uh, final thoughts. I didn't have anything in mind necessarily. Uh, Mr. Softy just drove down the street here. Mm. And I, I, I mean, I damn near like nearly pulled a hamstring trying to sprint <laughs> out to stop him. He was going like, he was going like 30 miles an hour down the street. <laughs> and, uh, you shouldn't be doing that as the ice cream guy. You want to go mm. slow to give people a chance to get out and wave you down and get your ice cream. But I was able to get outside. I got what my- did you get? I got my vanilla chocolate twist soft serve mm. on a cone with rainbow sprinkles. That's sort of my go-to. Interesting. My, my daughter go-to... is basically okay. is yeah. basically the same thing, but she'll she's just full on chocolate soft serve mm. cone 
rainbow sprinkles. I really well, like what's yours? The uh, as a kid, definitely like you know the fun one. Sometimes like you know like a teenage uh, right. mutant Ninja Turtle, yeah, yeah or like a Spider Man. Those are always fun as a mm-hmm. kid. But if I had to get something now, probably would get the. There used to be this one that was like a banana chocolate like popsicle thing that I really liked a lot. That's a good. That's a combo that I like a lot, like a banana chocolate. Um, so that's what's coming to mind for me at the top of my head right now. Okay. You big did you, Choco Taco is apparently going away. Did you know that? <sighs> to me, it's devastating. Why <laughs> would they do this to us? Choco Tacos are great. Yeah. They're really good. That's what, a bummer. What, what, what's, what, what's higher on your list? Choco Taco or Chip Witch? Choco Taco. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, it's so unique. It's true. And good. Like, I, I like a Chip Witch. Don't get me wrong. But I think the Choco Taco is this unique thing that is executed really well and is more reliable to me. I think the chip, chip Witch quality can kind of vary a little bit. Because sometimes you can make a really awesome one. Like there's these ice cream places where you can actually make your own. I feel like you can pick it. I, at least I went to one in Boston where you could like pick out the cookies you wanted to on really? the end. Yeah. And then huh. that kind of ice cream you put into. And that's like top tier. Yeah. And obviously, there's the basic one I know. And that's really, I do really like that as well. So it's close for me. Um, but. I also have sensitive teeth, and I feel like the Choco Taco works better for me because I can kind of like get the molars and like the back of my teeth involved in there, as opposed to like if I'm biting the chip, <laughs> which I'm kind of where I have to bite that head on, and that's just really tough for me. So that's a personal thing. You get your molars involved. You get my molars involved. I the, biting things with my front teeth, like I can't do that. I can't like it. It just gives me goosebumps thinking about biting on like a popsicle. Like I can't. I can't do that. It would cause me so much pain. Choco Taco is one of the so the Giants press box food spread has kind of gone downhill every year the last like four years or so. The Just one like redeeming the quality that they had was they had Choco Tacos. So like we'll take them out of the mix and I mean, they're going to take a beating this year. <sighs> That's tough. It's a tough look for the Giants. Um, my final <laughs> thought, Jimmy, is that play uh, pick up basketball sometimes in mm-hmm. Philly. And there's this one guy who's really good. And I don't know his name. But my friend Zach and I call him Bad Vibes Billy because whenever we play, <laughs> like he's really good. He can shoot like off the dribble too, like step back, like almost yeah. like James Harden stuff, and uh, can dunk even though he's not that tall. Plays defense, all of it. But like he looks so miserable the whole game. Like he never smiles <laughs> once. He just looks like he's like so mad he has to be there. Yeah, and like, I just don't get it. Like, I want someone to give that guy a hug. I don't know how anyone can identify him based on me not knowing his name in this description. But I, So his name isn't even Billy, necessarily? I have no idea what his name okay. is. It could be, but I have no idea. I just want someone to give that guy a hug because he looks like he really needs it. And it just it's really sad to me how he can be, like, such a bad sport, too. The point is, too, he's also, like, a very bad sport. It's one thing to, like, talk trash during a game. I I'll totally respect that. That's part yeah. of the game. But, like, after the game is over, you know, like, give the other people, like, a high five and then you go on your way. Yeah. Uh, and this dude is just, like, miserable the whole time and is kind of <laughs> acting like a jerk. But I don't want to put him down because I just think he needs more some more love in his life. So if anyone can reach out to Bad Vibes Billy and give him a hug, I think he needs that. Has he ever uh, dunked on you? No. Are we sure? Yeah, I think he probably uh, 100%. I there. would tell you, yeah. All right. Okay. He's not. All right. He dunked uh, yesterday, like when he was on a fast break. It had nothing to do with like I was running. So back. he's not he's not driving down the lane and dunking on. No, he's not dunking then. on people. Like he dunked when there was like a fast break and it was okay. open. How tall would you say he is? Not too tall. Only like maybe five eleven, five ten. Okay. He's he's not tall. 
Right. Anyway, good player, but bad vibes, Billy. But there's there's more in life to like being a good basketball pickup player. I don't. I'm not <laughs> sure if he knows that. Like maybe like don't be an a hole. You know. Uh, maybe anyway. that's where he just. Maybe he's a happy person otherwise in life, and that's where he just goes and gets out. Maybe of his aggression. But I feel like you still have to be respectful, though. You know, even you know, like you, there's just a lack of respect there. Like, yeah, I get you know, it. He just takes it too seriously. It's like, come on, dude. Like, have actually, some fun. I got a I got a pickup story for you. Um, this, this is uh, <laughs> I got now. I got to tell my buddy Rich to listen to this episode. But he uh, was playing pickup basketball in, in LBI, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it was I want to say it was Tim Legler. Is Tim Legler also? Yeah, he's, he's an analyst, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So he was there playing pickup and it was all these wow. other guys that were awesome like really good players yeah, this is my, a high profile pickup game <laughs> it was and my buddy rich can play too but he's not on their level so to make up for his you know lack of talent relative to these other like i mean these were guys that played in that played college ball tim legler played in the nf in the uh nba right i think so so it's him and these college guys and and my buddy to make up for it is playing his ass off, <laughs> like mm-hmm. literally hustling, diving for balls. Like these guys are just like not playing that way. And uh, they're going to run it back. And there was, it was five on five. They had 10, exactly 10 people there. And my, my buddy wanted to play again. And they were just like, um, we prefer that you don't play. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying too hard. So they played five on four and <laughs> And they ejected Tim Legler. Tim Legler ejected my buddy Rich from wow. the pickup game. I think I have this story correct. I'm gonna have to fact check that with him mm-hmm. after the episode is over. I'll let him listen in and uh, <laughs> rather play short But they were basically like, "Beat it, buddy. It, we're, we'd rather play five on four than you be in this game." Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's gotta that's gotta be a kick in the balls to the ego. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is I. Going back to my point, I just I hate when pickup isn't fun. And I've been playing a decent amount uh, over the past few months or whatever, where people just like are they're arguing about the score in the middle of the game, arguing about foul calls. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. isn't the NBA. We're just playing like have fun. Like, right. Obviously, I know you want to win and like whatever. Yeah, like take it's nine it seriously. seven. It's not eight seven. Right. It's just like it's like, what are we doing? Like, is this just the culture that we live in? I don't know. So it's it's just been bothering me. It makes me not want to play sometimes. It's just like, is anyone having fun here? It feels like it's like a job. Like, like, like Bad yeah. Vibes Billy is like acting like it's a job. Anyway, uh, just that's something that's been on my mind. Uh, we appreciate you listening to BGN Radio as we continue to cover training camp here. I like to set up what we have moving forward in the, in the coming days at the end of the episode. And that is an off day on Sunday. So no podcast, no notes on Sunday. But we will be back in full force on Monday for the first of two more practices. Another two-day series there. Um also wanted to give a quick shout out to Wawa, not a sponsor, but they did have hoagies today at the uh, Novacare Complex. To me, did you see that? By the way, I br- yeah, I, I I only noticed it when I was leaving, and I grabbed mm-hmm. uh, a half a, a half of an Italian mm-hmm. hoagie and half of a turkey hoagie, and I ate them when I got home, and they were actually delicious. Absolutely, they are. They really were <laughs> like like better than normal when I get them at Wawa for whatever reason. They were they seemed better today to me. I was very hungry, so that probably had something to do with it. Wawa needs to sponsor the pod, needs to sponsor me, needs to happen. Someone someone knows someone who works at Wawa. I need you to reach out to Wawa and get us involved. I'm so desperate for this. It's pathetic. So I but, wrote something like 10 things that 
you know, we can be better at. Like, it was more like uh, geared toward customers of Wawa and also Wawa itself, like 10 mm-hmm. ways that we can be better when we go to Wawa and, and also ways Wawa can be better to us. And the CEO of Wawa like responded to it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and we follow each other now, so maybe I do have an in with Wawa. Got to DM him and <laughs> figure something out. Anyway, um, this has been BGN Radio, like I already said. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Five stars. You can you can rate us on Spotify, just a rating, but you can leave a rating and review, which we'll get to, around to reading at some point here on the podcast. I would say in the near future, we should probably do that. Um, check out the SB Nation NFL show as well. Subscribe, rate, review, all the good things on that as well. Check out Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order right now. Go to wildrangerpet.com and use the discount code at, for for discount off of dog treats. Go to Kristen Roach. Well, not Kristen Roach Realtors. It's just roachrealtors.com to contact Kristen Roach. And you can also do that by calling or texting this phone number. 856-906-9295. If you want to buy, sell, or rent a house. It's, I mean, it's very sad. I don't actually know the number. I can You say it every time, <laughs> and I never even memorize it at all. <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's okay. I, I like saying it. There's, I mean, it, I forgot it the one time after saying it like over 100 times. Yeah, it is true. Well, that does that? happen sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I remember that happening in high school where like I would go to enter my code for my locker and I'm like, I have no <laughs> idea what it is. Like, I can't remember it. It's like, I do this every day and I'm like blanking right now. Uh, so that definitely does happen. Uh, we have all of our training camp coverage on here on the podcast, not only in these daily recap es- episodes, but also Jimmy's interview series today. He interviewed Bo Wolf. So you want to go check that out. I did get a chance to listen to the Jeff McLean one. <laughs> definitely some good uh, color, I would say. Yeah in there we, we said some things we we probably should have held back a little bit on the, well it's too the late now that, that we revealed and no editing so go check it out <laughs> uh you can check out the written notes for me bleedingyournation.com written notes for jimmy at phillyvoice.com at brandon gowton is the place to follow me on instagram and twitter at jimmy kemsky is the place to follow jimmy on instagram or sorry twitter not instagram uh and actually I think also instagram yeah okay well instagram as well is it actually is it your name i yeah i'm pretty sure okay well, you don't know for sure, but maybe. <laughs> I rarely uh, use Instagram, but I think I have like three posts on there. Well, follow yeah, him go, anyway. Go why follow not? me on Instagram. Doesn't, it's free. Me. doesn't hurt. Yeah, why not? Uh, all right. So we'll wrap up. Longer show today a little bit than we normally do, but there's an off day on Sunday, so there's some extra time to listen exactly. to it and, and carry it through to Monday when we will be back and we will talk to you then. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.